Hey guys, welcome to another episode of More Than a Podcast. It's your host James, as always, here to give you guys more of the greatness. So we're going to jump right in. Um, man, happy Saturday to all of you who are listening on this fine Saturday when this episode has come out. If you're listening on another day other than Saturday, then just overall happy day to you. Anywho, um, again, this is More Than a Podcast. Um, and man, we got a lot of stuff, lots of stuff to talk about. Haven't recorded in a cool minute. Um, you know, it's kind of funny because I remember when I used to miss like my first few shows, I used to feel so bad about it, but now, you know, um, I don't feel so bad just because, you know, like I know what I'm doing away from the microphone is, you know, more beneficial to just my life overall, you know, my quality of life. So I'm just like, you know what? Don't feel bad. Just keep doing you because without you, you know, how could you ever have a podcast? So, you know, that that that's my reasoning. And then the other side of it is like I like to take the new understanding um, that, you know, with passing time, there's just, uh, you know, a lot of things to discuss. A lot of topics kind of, you know, come to fruition and. You know, we could just kind of go over a whole heap of stuff as opposed to just, you know, really grasping at straws, trying to get a conversation going or whatever. So I'm happy to get this episode out today because, like I said, it's a whole lot of stuff uh, to talk about, uh, things that, you know, have been on my mind as far as video games and stuff like that. You know, it's so funny, though, outside of video games, you know, I know I bring up movies a lot but i literally have just not been interested in like going to the movies lately i don't know what it is um i honestly no honestly if i really just had to like just put a stamp on it i just think i think superhero movies is dead to me i i I just i really think so because honestly like what were we doing before superhero movies we were going out and seeing horror films and horror films don't even seem the same like they used to back in the day. Um, I sound so old saying all that, but I mean, it's the truth. Um, and I don't know, just movies just don't hit the same. And it's 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 kind of ironic because I'm sitting here talking about how much I don't want to go to the movies. And literally within the past few months, I, uh, I basically got this... Uh, membership to uh, a theater chain and i was like oh you know they'll give me a credit a month and the credits can pile up and roll over and blah 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 but they'll never roll over because i'll always be in the movie theater yeah right i probably have like two credits now um just because i haven't been excited to see anything um you know you would have thought or heck i would have thought you know my myself five years ago would have you know kind of rolled my eyes thinking that i wouldn't go out and see like the new guardians of the galaxy but to be quite honest i didn't even go and see volume two when it came out um i i mean i've i've seen the movie in bits and pieces um but that was just never one of those you know gotta go to the theater type things um i think for me when it comes to like the superhero films dc i mean marvel uh marvel itself it's like you know where where, first off 
they got me in, you know, they got me interested by having, you know, all of the pretty much standout heroes. And um, but it was really funny because I knew that there was a there was a timer on my feelings towards these films when Captain America was taking a backseat to Iron Man. Which, you know, rightfully so. I mean, Iron Man over the years has become super popular, um, you know, in modern day culture. People just love him. But see, I'm from a different era where like Captain America was the guy like he was the man, you know, and I, I still appreciated how, you know, like in the films, I remember, you know, like they called his they you know, like I just wanted them to acknowledge that he was the first Avenger, you know, and um I was glad that that was the subtitle of his first film and stuff like that. And they did a really good job in, in the first couple of phases. I was really excited um, for the films all the time. I mean, I dude, we, we used to just sit there and just talk about how amazing these films were going to be when they would drop. And then, you know, you had the shows when they were coming out uh, at that time on Netflix. Everything just felt cool. And like I look at these films now and I'm going to be honest with you, dude, like they just don't seem as as put together as they used to be. Even like with the costumes, like they just I don't know, they just seem raggedy like I like and I, I, I maybe it's just my trained eye because I've been looking at superhero films for so long, but. You know, like the costumes from the first couple of phases with Marvel, they were believable. As long as, you know, like the person wearing the suit had the size and the mannerisms to make the suit look good, you had no problem. Now, it's just like, like they, like I've looked at a couple of Marvel films and I'm like, they look like they're wearing Halloween costumes. Like they're all baggy and just kind of just ugly, you know? So I don't know. Like I've, I've just kind of been gracefully bowing out of uh comic book films um you know i'll still see the you know the random one-off like i'm i'm you know i don't you know it's it's really crazy because i want to go see the flash film for seeing the flash film because i know that because i i am i'm one of those people i feel like you know dc can put out a decent effort when it comes to uh, you know, uh, box office, you know, silver screen box office numbers. Like, I feel like they can do it. Um, I, you know, I talk a lot about this with my friends and, you know, like, you know, we kind of go back and forth like, oh, why isn't DC bigger than Marvel in the cinematic? Well, I'll tell you why. And I've said this before, you know, um, DC did it backwards. It's like they wanted to give you everybody at, at once and then give you all give you the the little stories afterwards you know whereas they should have been you know like how marvel did it give you everybody's kind of quote unquote origin story and then have that you know that big mashup film at the end uh to show how you know all of those particular forces in all of their awesomeness can just be devastating even when they're against the greatest odds cuz cuz like man can you remember like back when like the Avengers came out? Like who was the main antagonist? It was freaking Loki. Like he was the antagonist. 
like that to me is like crazy and you know like the coming of thanos and everything like that like i think they you know i really think that they that dc in their efforts to you know be something like marvel or whatever i think they really just spoiled themselves because they never really over over all this time they've never really truly given us an antagonist to be fearful of right like i I don't even know really like they're bringing back zod for uh the flash film which i guess is okay um because i really did like the zod character in man of steel but you know like where's your brainiacs at you know like we've been waiting forever i you know me me personally like in the snyder cut of justice league like dude i was like so ready for that to continue or for dark side to do something of meaning like i don't think we're ever going to see that dark side ever in a film and that's insane to me um whereas we've you know already you know through marvel we've seen some of the biggest and greatest antagonists uh to you know be across a movie screen um whilst also having very good individual antagonists for each of the heroes i think that was really important um but going back to my original point as far as flash you know it i want to see it for the aspect of it being a comic film but i can't I, i can't stop thinking about you know all of the controversy with ezra miller and how that kind of likens to the stuff going on with Jonathan Majors and if anybody can tell me what the big difference is between what both of these guys you know allegedly or prove you know provingly have done let me know because here we are you know later down the road after Ezra Miller's just being a complete ass and you know punching women and choking women and doing all this little random stuff and you know, uh, his film's still coming out and, you know, we're going through and I don't think Disney has put out a official statement or anything like that. I don't think Marvel's put out a statement or anything like that. I really honestly believe that they're going to wait until things just completely blow over. I, 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 I believe that there has been an actual charge of assault against Jonathan Majors. I'm not certain. I need to research that. But when I when I compare apples to apples, good or bad, it all seems like it's in the same basket. And I just don't see how we're, you know, within a month or so, we're going to be celebrating, you know, Ezra Miller while we're sitting here trying to crucify Jonathan Majors for the same exact stuff. You know, because because regardless of the gravity within the situation, it's just bad to assault people, period. Right. And if the integrity of a company stands on how you project yourself in the public eye, if that means anything, then Ezra Miller shouldn't have a job. And he should and and they should have scrapped that film from the very beginning. But, you know, like I said, I'm 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 not one to, you know, uh, play judge, jury and executioner. I'm only putting in my two cents. I think they should. I think personal stuff should just, you know, really, it's so hard to say it without sounding like an ass, but, you know, like, I think he should be allowed to deal with his personal, 
trials and tribulations on its own without having it reflect the body of work that he puts out in his films, if that makes sense. But I know a lot of people will say, well, I can't, you know, I can't go and watch this film without looking at him as a woman beater. It's like, yeah, that's the same thing. That's the same point I'm making about Ezra Miller. But you're all going to go do it because at the end of the day, the thought is it wasn't you. And that's how people I think that's why society so messed up is because, you know, um, people, you know, they they look at victims and there's this momentary you know, um, feeling of, of closeness, I guess you want to call it. But at the end of the day, they don't really care. They only care for the moment because it's what's at the top of the list. And then by next week, they won't even remember what happened to who. And that's what I feel like is going to happen with uh, Jonathan Majors. Even if he loses the part of Kang, like, I don't think people are going to, I don't even think people know the name of the person that he supposedly dealt with, you know, I, I, I don't know, but that's neither here nor there. That is not, like I said, I'm not here to have a political discussion or say whether, you know, this person or that person shouldn't or should work. I, I just think it's crazy if, you know, you got two scenarios on two different sides of the spectrum, but, you know, one is going to be crucified surely while the other is going to be absolutely celebrated. But anyway. What have I been playing? I've been playing some games. I hope you've been playing some games. I hope uh, nobody's been too busy to ignore that much. You know, it's funny because even without me being here to record like on that weekly basis, like I wish I could have, um, I've, I've definitely been getting my gaming on. And recently, um, a buddy of mine, you know, we were talking and it was so funny because in our conversation um, and he's a, he's a really good guy. He's one of the reasons that, you know, I throw a lot of faith in the steam community because you just don't meet people like this on, you know, other platforms. At least I haven't, I, I at least I haven't. Uh, but he gifts me games all the time. And uh, he gifted me a game where if I say that I haven't played this, it's going to surprise a lot of people. Um, maybe not, because I don't know. I really don't know many people who would say that they played it. But, you know, you may have. Um, he gifted me uh, Thief, um, which I do believe was by Eidos, uh, the makers of Tomb Raider. Um, and, yeah, I, I you know, it's funny because I, I just I've never played the game. And I remember the original games before the before they rebooted it. I remember the original games like I used to always go to a store. I'm going to date myself because, <laughs> I, I, you know, like you guys, go, you guys, when you want computer stuff, you guys go to freaking what Best Buy or whatever. Um, when I was young, we used to have stores called like Comp USA. Um, we used to have Fry's Electronics. You know, we had we had different places that you went and got your computer software stuff and hardware stuff. Um, but CompUSA used to be the big one and Circuit City. Oh, my God. Um, but, yeah, I used to go to CompUSA all the time and I would go to the uh, PC aisle for the video games. And, um, man, I would see th this. And, and it's so funny because I still to this day 
remember exactly where I was uh, when World of Warcraft released um, because like CompUSA went all out. They had standing billboards inside their store and everything. And it was this huge game. And I mean, the game was like out in droves. I think they expected it to be a gangbuster because there was a lot of copies there. And that's not to say that they weren't selling. It's just they were making sure to have enough for the people that wanted to come get that game. And I never picked it up because I just I didn't understand it. And I think at the time I was more, um, which is crazy to say, I was more leaning towards EverQuest and EverQuest 2 had, had come out and um or I think it was going to come out or something like that. And yeah, I was, I was just all about EverQuest and I was just like, yeah, I think I'm going to go for that one. I don't think this world of Warcraft thing is going to last, <laughs> but, um, <laughs> but yeah, um, I used to go to that store, man. And I, I swear I used to pick up so many different, uh, computer games over there. And, you know, like I've, never been the biggest pc gamer when i started but i used to always see thief and i was always interested i was like yo that looks like a dope game but it was on pc and so like i just never like i said i never really was into the pc format until years later when uh final fantasy what was it was it 14 that dropped because 11 had dropped and that was like a that was like a Sony exclusive for like a while or something and I didn't have the means to play that one and then 14 came out and that's when I said you know what I'm getting back on this Final Fantasy train and I remember going out and buying the original Final Fantasy 14 and I can't even say that it was trash because <laughs> I don't know like I couldn't get past some point of the installation it was just weird and um in in returning it for store credit um i remember reading a bunch of articles um which was funny because i'd go and return this game for store credit and then walk to borders or barnes and noble and go sit and read magazines you know like we didn't have like the instantaneous you know, news application, you know, on the phones and stuff, you know, even though I was riding a bus back in the day, like when we rode the bus back in the day, we were just riding the bus. It was really nothing to do on the bus other than ride it. Or if you bought one of those magazines that you were reading in the store, then okay, good for you. But I used to walk over to, to those stores. And then that's when I found out that like Final Fantasy 14 was actually a hot freaking mess. And then like, was it a year or a couple of years they came with the Rome Reborn? And that's when and that's when I finally was able to play that game. But I'm getting off track here because I'm talking about this guy that gifted me Thief. Thief uh, Thief is a is a series that I've never played, but I've always known of, always was interested in, but just never took the path to play it, which is unfortunate. But now I got a copy, so that makes me happy. <clears throat> and then it was crazy because then we started having deeper conversation, talking about uh multiplayer games you know in the capacity of like squad games and uh he brought up um back for blood which is crazy because 
I was okay. So like again, when I got my when I got my first like really good PC, um, it was around the time that I was playing a Realm Reborn, um, and I and that's when I first got into Steam because I remember a friend of mine, um, he uh, we were talking at work, and he goes, uh, "Have you ever played Half Life?" And I was like, "I have no idea what that is." And he literally grabbed me by the shoulders and was like, when you leave here, you need to go to, I think at the time it was Babbage's or Electronic Boutique or something like that. And he was like, you need to go pick up the orange box. He was like, because it has everything. He said it has all the best games that Valve has ever put out in one game. And that he was like, that will change your life. And that was and that was around the time where I got uh, where I first experienced uh, Half-Life 2. I'll never forget that. But when I had that PC, I was able to play A Realm Reborn. um, And dude, that game blew my mind back then. A lot of PC games at the time blew my mind. But what was really cool was that um, they used to have uh, I used to go to this one website called mmo hut because when you know like to play a realm reborn it just i don't know it just triggered me to it you know what a realm reborn did for me i'm gonna tell you exactly what it did it gave me the feeling that i had when i when i uh, got my dreamcast and i first experienced uh um fantasy star online It, it made me feel exactly the same way and and i was like I want more of that feeling. So I used to go to this site called MMO Hut and um, I would download so many international um, MMOs. I mean, at, at, at early 2000s, mid 2000s, like MMOs were coming out like gangbusters and they were coming from every country. They were coming from Japan, Korea. They were coming from Europe. They were coming from everywhere and i would play all of them i would i would just i would download every single one that was on the top 10 list and i would literally just grind out my character to about level 10 and then i would quit (laughs) i would just quit cold turkey just quit i always went back and leveled up and got myself right with realm reborn but all of the other mmos that you know came out and they were just kind of knockoffs like there was this one i can't even remember the name of it because i remember at one point i said i think i'm ready to try wow but then when i was on mmo hut they said you know this game blah 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 is like a it's like literally a one-on-one of like world of warcraft and if you're not in the world of warcraft but you want a feeling of world of warcraft then play this because it's going to be the exact same thing and i totally did and i was like this game's actually pretty cool but again, got to level 10, never went back, never went back. I mean, I was, look, I was playing so many and I was paying for them because, you know, like I had a job and everything. So I was paying subscriptions for the premium ones. So like I was paying my subscription for Realm Reborn. I was paying a subscription for um, um, Lord of the Rings Online. I was paying a subscription for The Secret World. I was paying a subscription for um, The Old Republic. 
And it, I mean, not not all. I mean, you know, it, it they were at different times. Some of them did cross over in the same time span. But, you know, like I was constantly spending my money like any kind of MMO that came out. I was spending my money on it. But there but but there, but but there was a lot there were there was a lot of MMOs that were popular that I never touched. Like I never touched Star Wars Galaxies. And that was a huge one. That was a huge one. That was so huge. And I never and, and I think the reason that I didn't and we're going to get into it when I talk a little bit about Star Wars Survivor uh, or, or uh, is it Jedi Survivor? Jedi Survivor. Yeah. Um, we're going to talk about it a little bit there. Um, but, you know, there what, what other game that uh, the Matrix online never, never touched it, never touched it, never picked it up, never. Um and it was just crazy. But like I said, I used to I used to play so many I, I used to have my hard drive my hard drive was filled to the gills with MMOs. Um and it was just insane. Like you know, like if you would have saw the amount of MMOs that I had in comparison to the amount of like, you know, uh individual titles that a person may collect over the course of owning a particular system or something you'd have been like this dude's nuts there's no possible way you can you know um effectively give your time to like over 10 15 different mmos but like honestly they all were doing something a little different a lot of them were doing a lot of the same but it was just how i enjoy spending my time at, at that particular moment in my life you know so you know that was what it was and today it is what it is <laughs> but um you know i don't play mmos as much anymore i always uh you know i always get into the thought that i would go back to a realm reborn i remember when i was first there i met a few amazing people and uh you know it, it's crazy because like we used to basically do like I do on Steam now. Like I have people that I just kind of reach out to, leave them a message. They'll leave me one. It's kind of like going out and opening a letter from the mailbox. It just feels good. And they actually have like a mailbox feature that they used to do or that they still do in Realm Reborn. And I would send my friends, you know, letters and stuff like that in the game. And then my I think it was my PC ended up crashing or something happened. And I hadn't been on the game for like a while. And then when I did get to get a chance to get back to it, my friends were gone. I was so upset. I think one of my friends uh, came back like sporadically, like he'd be there like every other month, kind of like how I do this podcast. <laughs> but um, but like, yeah, like he'd come back like every other month. And it was just like, ah man, I remember the days where we used to link up and we'd like. And, and we, you know, we never joined a guild. We were never, you know, we never, um, like, we played, a, we played a lot together. But, you know, we never, like, really connected in a, in a meaningful way, in a way that would have really benefited me, you know, a little more. Because I, I really enjoyed, you know, the times that I was able to kind of play with them. You know, it, it's kind of crazy because, like, you know, like they made me feel like because whenever I used to play with like I, I hate I hate saying randoms. I hate that word. I hate that terminology. I mean, it is what it is. But, you know, when I would play with random people, you know, like they would always make me feel like, 
you know, I wasn't a factor in the overall success of the mission. You know, like we're just carrying you. It's like, dude, like I, I, you know, like at the very least put me in a position where I can feel more beneficial. Cause I mean, clearly you understand more than I do about this game, but like, I mean, if you're just going to like, if you're just going to run through the map and already be at the boss and I'm still, you know, you know, I'm still back at the entry trying to catch up with you. It's like, dude, this is not worth it. It's not worth it at all. But, um, yeah, like I, like I think about going back to games like that. Sometimes I'll install old Republic just to kind of see what's going on there. I think the most recent MMO that I, uh loaded up on my pc deleted it immediately but still loaded it up was uh dungeons and dragons online that was another one that i i had a um, character on you know what oh my god you know a game i used to really love um back in the day and i don't you know like i was one of those people they always tell you never judge a book by its cover but i used to judge everything by the cover <laughs> like and there was this one game called Neverwinter nights and I just remember looking at that case as simple as it was just a black case with this purple glowing, you know, eye insignia. And I was just like, yo, I got to get this game. I want this game. And I made a point. As soon as I got the right PC, I went out and I got that game and I enjoyed it for what it was. I enjoyed what I played because I'm not going to sit here and say like, oh, yeah, I beat it. No, I didn't. You know, I played what I played. I think that was around the time when my PC crashed. Um, but man, I used to get so many games just based on the visuals, you know, like, but I remember, you know, it, it's so funny because I even remember like, and you got to ask yourself, like with an MMO, how the hell can somebody ever make like a strategy guide for an MMO? But they used to, like, I remember, uh, Brandy games and, uh, what was the other, there was, there was another company that used to make strategy guides. No, it was Brandy and prima yeah prima and um i can't remember who made this particular guide but there was a guide for uh for uh lord of the rings online there was a guide for lord of the rings online and i remember going out and when and and actually i used to do this with every game at that point at that point because i never wanted to feel like i missed anything um i would always get the guide i wasn't a sucker for the guide but it was just the completionist in me at the time like at that time i wanted to make sure i had everything and i used to man i had guides for everything i think two of the guides that i wish i still had it, one is for Roddy out of stories which is a ps2 game but i still loved that um that guide because it because that game played like uh suikoden and it was a game where you collected a bunch of characters i think there was like over 100 characters that you can collect and man without that guide there would have been so many that would would have been missed because a lot of them were like time sensitive or item sensitive or you know you had to defeat certain ones but you had to make sure you were a certain level and you know you, you probably only got a chance to fight them once and if you die then they would never come back around you know it was all kinds of stuff like that and and those guides helped me with all of it uh, another guy that I wish I still had is I still I, I wish I still had my uh, Parasites Eve 2 guide because that guide was sick. That was a 
big guy. I remember that one was by Brandy Games. And if I'm not mistaken, their first run of those guides were um, they had a they had like slight foil over the embroiderment of like the image of Ayabrea. So like it was a raised image and and like in like kind of like the memory fog of what she was thinking about they'd have like a foil over it and it was just kind of like it would do this whole rainbow thing and oh my god used to love that freaking guide and i i also um i also got the guide i remember for um what's that game oh final fantasy 7 back on playstation when uh when i once i learned the concept of like what the mechanics were about like oh you have to collect these things to do magic and then you got to power them up and do all this that and the third i was like oh these things so how many of them are there are there any that i can't find are there some in different places i i actually i actually stopped i actually stopped final fantasy 7 mid game just because i think there were materia that i missed and I wanted to make or not even just material, but there were like like even just to go to the battle arena and stuff like that. Like there was just stuff that was super time sensitive. And I was like, no, I got to go back to the very beginning, make sure I get everything. And like I used to just follow the guide, the guide, the guide, the guide, the guide. And now I don't anymore. I don't remember the last time I opened a guide for anything. Um, but mostly because a lot of these games that come out today are remakes and you know it's like you kind of remember stuff but um going back to the original point of what i was saying which is what i've been playing um i've been playing a lot of danganronpa 2 um man i swear danganronpa 2 is like literally one of my favorite uh visual not i like to call it interactive visual novel because there's a lot of point and click and then you got like kind of the uh phoenix wright style court system proving this that and a third um you know uh disproving contradicting statements and it's it's so fun it's so fun i actually like the if i had to choose between one and two i would more than likely pick one but two is just so fun um i think i'd like i like the story of one but i think i like the characters more in two like like the the first game has some iconic characters but i i i just i don't know what it is about the second one but i just like uh the characters in that one you know you got the uh yakuza kid and then you got the photographer and the ultimate gamer um the ultimate swordswoman i think they call her um the ultimate is is he the mechanic it's like all yeah it's like all these different things and and um it's just it's super cool so i've just and this is like the fifth sixth time that i've played this game i've I've actually it's so funny because i've actually played it up almost to completion on my vita and i still turned around and bought it on steam and just started right over <laughs> like <laughs> like i'm literally at the end of <laughs> i'm at the end on my vita and i'm I'm just not even interested i'm just like nope i'm just gonna go and just start over and 
go back through those. And and it's crazy to say this because you can literally chapter select in the game. Like I can go back to any chapter I want to just get on the Vita. But I don't know. I think it, I think it was just the thought of playing it on my Steam Deck that just kind of got me all giddy. Which, to be quite honest, I think it's. I don't think it's as good on the on the Steam Deck as it is on the Vita. And I think the reason why is because there's a lot of um, there's a lot of points in the game where uh, well, not a lot, but uh, they have points in the game where things are like more polygonal. Like uh, the gifting system, uh, you know, the things they show as gifts, they're they're kind of built as polygons, kind of like 16 bit or whatever like that. But when they're stretched out on that screen uh, that is the Steam Deck, it's like you can't tell what it is. You're just like, what am I looking at? Like, what the heck is that? Is that supposed to be a cup of coffee? Um, but it, but, you know, like I said, story wise and everything, love, love, love it. Probably going to end up getting on it when i leave this no actually i'm gonna work out anyway um i started to finish uh resident evil 4 remake i had stopped um at a pivotal point where i was divided from my uh in-game companion and now i'm at a point that is quite frustrating um you know there's this point in the game where it is stealth implemented and i i despise stealth levels to i mean the highest degree i just cannot like like when you are forced to do stealth it is the worst like that's why i've never i mean short of metal gear solid one and snake eater i have not beaten and actually no i beat two as well okay so i can play some stealth but but if but if you give me the choice of stealth versus action i don't want to be punished for implementing the action you know so they got this level that when you stealth you can get pretty far um but if you just choose to go all out all of a sudden you got mini guns and people with arrows and all kinds of stuff coming at you and it's just weird and it's just frustrating. And I, I was about to cry last night because I got shot up so many times. I wanted to just chuck my damn Steam Deck. Um, I've also been playing a game called Cassette Beast, which we will talk about a little bit later in the episode. Now, something I want to address. And that addressing is going to the fact that many of you probably are not listening to this on the Saturday that I'm recording. Why? Because this is the Legend of Zelda Tears of the Kingdom weekend. And I'm pretty sure that many of you are currently playing. Um, It's kind of funny because like I literally am just at this point right now where I just don't depend on my switch to do anything from a reliable sense i just i don't want to pull it out anymore like tears of tears of the kingdom came out i would go get it but that that just means i have to dig up my switch and i just don't want to um but you know what also i mean i'm not gonna i'm not gonna be shy about it you know the legend of zelda as a franchise as well as like metroid and and even mario to some degree they're just not my kind of franchises. They're just not my cup of tea. Um, I did get the 
first uh, Zelda game on Switch, and I played through it. You know, and I and I got it because it was hyped. It was like people were just hype, hype, hyping it. And I'm not saying hype it as if it it's not a good game. I think you know it was a terrific game for what it was. It just wasn't for me. It just didn't resonate with me. Um, I would have preferred a more linear game. Whereas, you know, uh, the strive is to give people a more open world in these uh, newer games and give people, you know, freedom of choice. You go where you want, do what you want, approach the objectives the way that you want. Everybody's going to do the one thing, you know, to different ways. Okay, that's cool. I just don't want (laughs) to. I just don't want to. And, you know, I just, you know, I remember being fed up um, when it came to. Because I'm really impatient and to think that, you know, like you had to do those. I don't I don't know if you call them dungeons or just puzzles. But yeah, like I, I just was like, I'm done, dude. I, I just I don't have time for puzzles and stuff like this is just weird. Like I just I just I, I want to fight. That's fine. I want to fight, but I don't want to do puzzles and and I don't want to do puzzles to make me stronger. You know, fighting should make me stronger. Um but it is what it is, and and I'm hoping that everybody uh, who does have the game, I hope they enjoy it. I always wonder though, like it, like, cause the thing that bothers me, and, and I think I'm just bothered by, uh, you know, the video game industry at large, cause like, you know, I feel like there's certain times that games come out like a Zelda, and it's just always tens across the board. Like, is it really? that good because tens 10 you know when you say 10 out of 10 you're you're calling it perfect you know what i mean and and i don't and i'm one of those people that lives by the understanding that nothing's perfect there's always going to be something that is not up to snuff which i thought was funny because i actually watched the you know ign is so contradicting like i i hate them as a staff a label and a mother crew <laughs> I really do. I, I cannot stand IGN. Um, but, you know, like the guy's doing the review and whatever, and he literally calls out a technical setback in the game, you know, like I guess the game's chugging or whatever. And then he goes on to say that it doesn't bother the overall game. Well, if it's chugging, then it's bothering the overall game. And for that, he gave it a 10 out of 10 masterpiece. I just don't, I don't jive like that. I just don't jive like that. They could have gave it a 9.8, but it's like, it's always, it's, it's these games that come out and they're, they're always getting marked perfect. And it's like, Nintendo can never come out with anything that, and I'm pretty sure somebody who knows something about stats is going to come out and say, well, no, they did this one. I don't want to hear it. <laughs> I'm just, I'm just talking out my butthole, but you know, it seems like everything Nintendo puts out is always a masterpiece. It's always perfect, right? Like nobody else can have a masterpiece. Nobody. And it, and and if it's and if it's a masterpiece by any other standard other than being subjective, then it's just blind luck. You know, like there's just games that just come out and they're just blind luck. Like nobody expected this game to be that good and it's absolutely amazing damn near perfect but i think i don't really i i think i think these freaking industry these industry sites and stuff i think they need to really slow down on how many masterpieces that they're putting out there 
But what do you think? I mean, is I mean, is uh, is Zelda Tears of the Kingdom is it a masterpiece? Because um, again, for me, it's not my cup of tea. Um, something that I thought was going to be my cup of tea, but ultimately did not become such, is Redfall. Um, you know, there was a lot of factors into why I decided not to grab Redfall. Um, one of those being the price point. Like, to be quite honest, I was surprised that it was a $70 game. I, I'm not surprised that this is the new ushering as far as the gaming generation. This is just them kind of moving everything forward. This will be the standard and status quo. That's fine, but you have to justify how you do it. If you're going to make a $70 game, put it behind a masterpiece. Because I think Zelda uh, Tears of the Kingdom, I think that's a $70 game. And if it truly is the masterpiece that people say it is, then I would say that would justify $70. Bucks. Um, but yeah, uh, Redfall, like they, I, I guess it has a bunch of technical issues out the gate. And that's just bad. That's just bad. And I just feel I feel really, really bad for them because I I I know I wanted this game to be awesome. Um, but see, games like this that that when you really think about it, they depend on, you know, uh, a player base. You know, you got to have a volume of of people that are actually checking your game out in order for it to to remain relevant because this just seems like it's going to be Anthem 2.0, right? Just, you know, it's going to be things that are poorly executed. They're not going to address it fast enough to get it to where people are back focused because, you know, the gaming, the gaming industry, it moves so fast and things come out so quick. And by the time, you know, because I think what I think they just came out with a patch for Gotham Knights because that was another game that launched and it was very atrocious from the beginning. And, you know, like the consensus when things like that happen is, is it worth going back? It's like, well, no, nobody's going to go back because people just want to go forward. Nobody ever wants to go back. You know, nobody ever wants to go back. Now, there are certain instances where I feel like it is totally worth it to backpedal and, and check out, you know, what once was and how it can be like a like a breakpoint. Like I am. Like, I remember when Breakpoint dropped and, you know, even Wildlands before it, you know, people were just saying, like, yeah, this ain't it. And now that game just looks amazing. And I wouldn't be mad at them if they, you know, uh, did a remaster. I mean, it's it's been some years. They could do something more high res to, uh, you know, the standards of, of resolution uh, on televisions and displays today. And yeah, re-release the game, dude. Release it on newer consoles. Let people get another wind of a terrific game. I'm all for that. But I don't know if Redfall can survive. You know, uh, so I, I don't know if they can survive with updates and continue to grow. I think they'll be able to stabilize the game. But I think you know, as fast as people were interested and then ultimately lost interest. I don't think it'll be that quick to get back in. I think people are just going to, they're going to wait and see. Um, and unless, unless those quality of life improvements are so substantial 
to where it makes it almost a different game, I don't think people are going to care, you know, because I mean, it's just like No Man's Sky, like which is which is always so funny because I because, you know, I'm one of those people I always consider myself to be the lucky one because I, I remember getting No Man's Sky and I remember taking it home and I completely ran through that game. I think I ran through that game in less than 48, 72 hours. Like I'm talking like campaign wise. And um, I didn't see any of the issues that people were seeing, but I remember they, they were just slamming that game. And I was just like, yo, I don't know what you guys are talking about. That game is fun. It was fun. You know, if you're talking about the, the connective aspect, like, cause I think what people were trying to do at the time, they were like trying to find each other in, you know, in the, uh, the algorithm that was, space in this game you know like it was damn near impossible to find each other but i think you know like see the thing is, is that you can't tell the game community that they can't do a particular thing because when they can you know when you tell them they can't they will find a way but i also think that this is coupled with you know the lead developer at one point or another saying you know in a very ambitious way you know on some pot uh peter molyneux stuff like you know my game can do this, that, and a third. And it's like, no, your game can't. <laughs> but, um, you know, the quality of life that they offer to that game did give it a second win. And it's regarded as one of the better games to have come out, you know, in the last generation. I love No Man's Sky, and I'm glad it's actually still a thing. So hopefully they fix Redfall. I don't know. Um, even if they fix it, I don't think I'll go back and play it. Um, something that I saw reported uh in the news and uh, gaming news is that there was supposedly an mk mortal kombat uh teaser trailer um very very vague trailer of a uh, rendered uh clock that was counting down uh from i believe 9 10 11 and then it stutters goes past 12 and then goes to one and people are saying that this is uh nether realm studios confirmation that they are a coming out with a mortal kombat game and b this is going to be a reboot of the series well okay i mean that that all sounds awesome I think anything in the respect of Mortal Kombat or Injustice or whatever, I think, dude, I'm always going to be for it because I think NetherRealm Studios has hit their stride to the point where they can't do anything wrong. They are absolutely perfected, perfecting their craft and they've honed themselves to do their craft at, at maximum potential. So there's never going to be another bad Mortal Kombat game. They'll never make another bad one, ever. Um, that being said, I think, like, I, I, like to me, is is a reboot worth it? And 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 in and in the in the strength of a reboot, in which way are we talking? Like, are we going to talk about this as like? you know, hitting reset. And now we're starting back at one with the same, you know, Mortal Kombat one characters. 
cuz I don't think that'll I don't think that'll be fun. I think it'll be cool if they release like a modern version of the MKH original trilogy, that would be cool. If they yeah, if they like if they if they if they could release like separate releases of the of actual remakes of the first 3 games, I would dude, I would give my money up for those. And they could charge $70 for each one of them and I would I would totally do it. Um but if this is going to be something as ambitious as ambitious as like telling the Mortal Kombat story maybe from a different character perspective or just different characters uh in general it's like man that's always a slippery slope with you guys and I and when I say you guys I mean like specifically Netherrealm um and Capcom for that matter because the thing about it is I think that they do as as companies and as publishers and as developers, I think they do want to approach these franchises from completely left field. But the thing about it is that they are so invested in the fan culture that it's those fans that won't allow them to. You see, like the fans will never allow street fighter or mortal Kombat to be innovative beyond its potential which it totally can be like i think i think that they can come out with a mortal Kombat that doesn't feature any character from the past generations and it could be good it can be good i think the same thing about street fighter i get so mad about street fighter because and i love street fighter we're going to talk about street fighter in the podcast as well i love me some street fighter i really do but I am like aching for the day where the majority of the characters involved are brand new. And that if you and that if you put in a quote unquote classic character, they are secondary to the effort that you put in with the new people. You know, like I know that, it, you know, with this announcement of Mortal Kombat, it's like people are going to get mad and they're going to be like, well, I'm. I'm not I'm not even gonna pay attention unless it has Scorpion and Sub Zero. Oh yeah, it has them, but it better have Raiden. Oh yay. Oh now it better have Liu Kang. Oh yay. And it's like they people don't they don't they don't allow these companies to innovate. You know, they just want they want these companies to abide by their sense of comfort so that they can just continue to do the same exact thing they were doing last time. But it's like how many innovative ways can we continue to play with the same characters over and over? That's why, honestly, I wish that they would just kind of, I, I honestly would love if they just put Mortal Kombat to bed. Just put it to bed. It's done. It's absolutely done. It's a done franchise. Like, to me, I played Mortal Kombat originally when I was in middle school. Like, this should have been done. Like what story? Like 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 they they've gone they've gone from making arcade games that were ported to home to making home games that didn't make very much sense because they were they were kind of trying to elevate the arcade experience to ultimately with nine basically telling an actual fleshed out story. You know, like I know they tried to do the story thing with. Uh, deadly alliance and you know all uh that that particular trilogy which it was it was okay um 
but they still introduce a bunch of characters in that trilogy that have no basis or very little basis in what they are you know putting out today i don't think any of the games that like you might get like uh you know like a a character from the deadly alliance universe but not all of them and there's a bunch of characters that i wish from each iteration of mortal Kombat that man i wish i could see this person i wish i could see darius i wish i could see uh you know um i think her name was aisha or alicia she was like the like she was almost like a thunder goddess or something like that she had the little the sword with that was kind of wavy i thought that was kind of cool um but yeah like you know they got these characters and and they can't lean into them because they were they were place fillers and you know uh nether realm is done with that they're done making games where they're just making characters for the sake of just standing in place um but with all that said if they choose to make another Mortal Kombat, dude, I would love if this had nothing to do with any of the characters. Like, let let that canon go. I don't even want a descendant of none of those people unless it's Kung Lao. Like, let, let it be a Kung Lao. But everybody else, dude, just brand new. Brand freaking new. But I don't, I don't know if they can do it because... The other thing that I that that's funny is like one th- one thing I used to laugh about. I used to laugh about this all the time. Actually, when we were kids, we used to laugh about this because it was like we understood that a lot of like the ninja characters they were based on like the elements. They were just based on the elements. You know, some some more extreme and not necessarily an element, not not like a natural element, but just you know like smoke okay that's awesome you know we used to always say oh what if they made somebody made out of dirt and you know then you got uh what's his face the brown one i forgot his name um but like yeah it's just it's weird it's just weird and i and i and and i i would feel that if they made a new one um it would be really hard to go in the imagination and create new people from the ground up i believe and i have faith that they can do it because i'm looking at street fighter do it street fighter 6 has put out you know trailers and information on uh you know with new characters and these new characters look so left left field they look so left field it is incredible and that's why i am excited for that game uh but you know if again if they if they announce a new mortal Kombat, i'm not going to be against it i want to see what they do if it just happens to be updated versions of things we've already played maybe i'll just watch from afar i don't know we'll see uh i brought up jedi survivor a little bit ago and you know it's really crazy because i um i still remember the uh the gaming awards where they uh i think it was one of the one of the doctors and he uh he announced uh jedi fallen order and it was it like like no trailer no nothing he just oh yeah we're making a game it's called jedi fallen order and then like you know it ends up coming out and people love that game and that's all good and now you got survivor and you know it seems fine but this is just one of those things where I just haven't really been invested. And and 
I say all this because of one factor. I'm not a huge Star Wars fan. Like, I like Star Wars. I enjoy Star Wars for what it is, you know, but I'm not somebody who's stapled to the thought that, oh, Darth Vader is the best in the world or Luke Skywalker is the most awesome. You know, it's like, I don't know. It's just, you know, I enjoy the lore. I enjoy the different things they do. I understand that there are different aspects of uh, conflicts and things going on in the overall universe so that is Star Wars. But do I really care about this Jedi dude, you know, hopping around doing Dark Soulsy stuff? Not really. I'm just not into it. I don't know. Like, I get why people would be into it. But, you know, when it comes to, like, traversal platforming games where you open up different mechanics on skill trees and stuff, I've just played better games. And when I say better games... I don't mean like, oh, they're just more technically sound. They've just done so much more innovation. No, it's not that. It's just I prefer to play as Nathan Drake than to play as this Jedi. I don't even know his name, but I don't want to play as him. I don't really care to play with a lightsaber. I just want to, you know, be that dude or that chick, you know, like in Laura Croft, where I'm just kind of just doing me, you know, because they're essentially the same exact games. They're essentially the same exact games. Just you just got a lightsaber and, and some force powers as opposed to a gun and some grenades. But, you know, look, again, I'm not I'm not sitting here saying the game's bad. I'm just saying I would never play it. I won't play it. I've constantly sat there and looked at Fallen Order be eight bucks on sale and I still refuse to pick it up. I'm more inclined to pick up Mass Effect Andromeda before I even consider picking up Fallen Order. And if Survivor goes on sale tomorrow at 20 bucks, I still won't get it. I just, it's just not my thing. It's not my thing, hasn't been my thing. I think for people who enjoy stuff like this, perfect. Perfect, perfect, perfect. Now, I tell you what, if they made a game based on the, not the, I know when I say the original Boba Fett, people are going to be like, what he did mean? But what I mean is the, the, the Boba Fett from, uh, from Empire Strikes Back and Return of the Jedi. They made a game purely based on him from his years of, you know, escaping, what is the Sarlacc pit? Is that what he got swallowed by? Um, escaping that up to the point of, you know, because wasn't he in Mandalorian? I think he was. Yeah, like, if you give me a game where he can span that time, I'd play that. I'd be I'd be into that. Give me something where I can play more as a scoundrel, you know, or, you know, more of like a Han Solo type. Give me something more along the lines of that type of Star Wars game. Because I, I just I just, you know, because like we've been playing this. We've been playing the, the lightsaber game for so long and there's just so many different ways. Like I would love if they made a civilization game that was based on like the star wars universe like that would be sick to me you know like you could have like the the republic the empire you could have the ewoks and all the other races just kind of grow you know uh growing their civilizations on this one kind of planet that kind of can cater to everybody and then you just see who's becomes the most dominant and they could stretch out to space and this that and the third like that would be so cool to me um 
I just think they just got to find better ways for me to invest in, in the Star Wars universe. Like, I just, I'm just tired of the the lightsaber stuff. I really am. That's just me. And I know people would think that's just completely crazy. And it might be. But I just, yeah. I think the last time I really cared about the lightsaber stuff was Knights of the Old Republic. And the reason why was because they made it a part of the narrative. You know, I, I remember that. Like, they made it a part of the narrative. So it was like you were you were being paced through the development of your lightsaber. And by the time it was all said and done, you just felt so accomplished. You felt so accomplished. And I, I just, I still to this day think that's like the best uh, lightsaber introduction slash integration uh, in a video game. Um Moving on, I, I mentioned a game that I've recently been playing uh, called Cassette Beast. Cassette Beast uh, on Steam. I don't know if it's on PSN or Xbox, but it is a uh, charming little indie game where um, essentially you... It's like, a you know, I'm going to just be very plain with it. It's like a mix between... Pokemon it Pokemon in its lightest form and Stardew Valley. The only thing is is you're not farming. I mean, well, you're you're farming for beasts, but you know, like you're not planting anything. But yeah, it's a it's it's like a Pokemon kind of ripoff. Um it has its own unique style, which I really thoroughly enjoy. It's kind of got this 80s uh kind of early 90s aesthetic going on um and it's just a really charming looking game <laughs> excuse me um i played more than a few hours of it and you know like i've, I've never been the hugest pokemon fan but i don't know this game this game seems like something that i would stick with for a little longer um the narrative has been pretty decent you know they have some really neat characters that you run across um you know the level traversal it's now now one thing that well the, i don't know how this is in pokemon you know maybe there there are points in pokemon where if you wander too far off the path then you run the risk of running into monsters that can uh, overwhelm you because that's what I'm running into in this game it's like I you know I'm a level 14 15 or whatever and I can run into a level 18 if I'm just like beelining it trying to make it to this one area it's like ah, I shouldn't have done that um you know the resources are light you have to know how to conserve and you know utilize the different resources that you have uh everything has uh an ability to be upgraded from you know your inventory to uh, you know, the uh, how, how you catch the different beasts is actually pretty clever as well. So, like I said, with an 80s aesthetic, uh, you are um, you're given a Walkman, which I wish through the narrative they would have found a different way to kind of explain its properties and its importance to make it seem more like, a, 
you know, like like almost like their version of lightsaber. Like this is this really fantastic thing, and this is it's called a Walkman. But oh, I we've had Walkmans on Earth. No, no, no. This isn't like that one. This is this catches beast. You know, like and you catch the beast on cassettes, and basically to you know like turn into you you actually turn into the beast, which I think is also pretty cool. So instead of you saying oh you know. Uh, Pikachu, I choose you. <laughs> you know, it's just you. I guess you press play on your Walkman, and you turn into the uh, beast that you have chosen. And you can switch the beast in the middle of the match. Um, as many beast as you have through inventory is how long you will last through a particular fight. Um, they do have their uh, elemental compounds, so you know. You, you you know the original stuff you know water beats fire fire beats uh uh earth or leafy stuff and leafy stuff beats wind or i don't know i i don't know but uh but they and and but it's it's so cool how they it's so cool how they do it though like case in point there was uh there was a poison enemy that i was fighting and he hit one of my um beast that i had turned into that their specialty was metal and so it goes into a dialogue and it says you know uh you know beast with metal attributes can absorb uh the poison you know the poison into their metal and when they hit they can deliver such and such damage and it's like oh that's kind of cool and they do it for everybody you know even even when you uh make the mistake of you know, like hitting something that you shouldn't. They'll they'll tell you. You know, like oh well, astral beasts. You know that are hit with uh, earth. You know compounds. They tend to absorb that and use it for more energy. You know, it's like oh well. Now I know I need to switch this person out of here and keep better tabs on who I have to start the fight. You know, so it's it's been really cool. Um, you know, it's so funny because like I was saying when I was saying I don't like dungeons in uh, in Zelda, it's like I when I first saw the dungeons in this game, I was like, oh, great. Here we go. But they're short. They're to the point, And I'm out of there, you know, and that's all that I care about. It's like if I could just get out of the dungeon quicker than I walked in or if I could just choose to just ignore the dungeons altogether, then that's what makes uh, a good game to me in in respect of having me navigate you know an overall map or something like that like if i could just you know if i could just go out without the secrets then cool but if i have to it's a part of the story i'm going to try but it better be quick or otherwise i'll just give up uh but yeah i've been playing a lot of that cassette beast it's a really fun game check it out it's on steam um you know i haven't played it in a while only because i've been playing all these other games but man a game that's been on my mind and i really 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 love it is um dead island 2 uh dead island 2 came out for xbox and epic game store i don't know if it's on playstation it may be um it did not come out on steam um i had to sideload that puppy onto my steam deck but yo that game is freaking good I played the original um, Dead Island for a bit, and I do remember the very, you know, linear, which I enjoy, you know, 
I'm here. You want me to go over there? You're going to put things in my way to make it hard for me to get there. That's perfectly fine. Um, and I remember all those aspects and then meeting characters in the first one. I don't know why I didn't get as invested in the first game. Um, and and it was so weird because the second game in its, uh, in, in, in its eventual release, I just got hyped and it was all self-hyped. Like, I don't even know where it came from. Like I like nobody talks about Dead Island 2 around me. Nobody. But I was like, I'm going to day one this game. It just looks kind of cool. And I got to say, Dead Island 2 is probably some of the best uh, gaming fun I've had this year. I mean, it is phenomenal. Um, you know what I really love? And this can be said for a lot of other games that have a wide array of weaponry uh, to dispatch your opposition. But what I love about Dead Island 2 is a lot of their weapons revolve around the uh, melee aspect of combat. So it's more upfront, personal, you know, it's closer to, you know, it's it's a up close it's an up close experience you know like they got these uh wolverine claws almost like you you they got grips and you hold them but they kind of set into your knuckle and you're going and you're just ripping the crap out of these uh zombies and it just it feels amazing um and that's you know and 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 again it, you the the one now this could be a this could be a gift and a curse and I think it has been a curse in a lot of ways, but it doesn't stop me from liking and loving the game. But it's like you pick up so many worthwhile weapons in the trek of, you know, like I said, your linear path to get from here to there. You pick up so many great weapons. You just get to a point where you're just like fatigued. You're like, I don't know what to use. I don't know what I want to use on you. And, and none of it, none of it breaks down in a capacity where it's unusable forever, which I think that probably would have helped them in this game. I don't know if it maybe maybe it's a part of their hard mode or something like that, but I think that would have been cool. Like if you make it to where I'm using the shovel, if I'm relying on this shovel and I start wearing the shovel down and the integrity of that shovel, you know, basically gives out and I no longer have said shovel. I'm going to do one of two things. Either I'm going to quickly you know, switch to something else that's just as reliable or I'm going to go try to find another shovel. Like, I think that would have been a better dynamic, but now it's just kind of like, I got like five different things I can swing into zombies head and all of them are just as effective as the last one. So it never really worries me when one gives out in the horde of zombies that are attacking me because I got something just like it right around the corner. Now, what I do like is that, you know, they also allow you to modify, which, again, I don't know if this was a part of the original Dead Island, but it is an integral part of this game. And it is super cool. And I love how everything looks when you do take that uh, moment to modify your stuff like you can, you know, you can make it so that things bleed a little more when you hit them with it you can do it to where it poisons them to where it burns them to where it shocks them and the whole game is elemental so it's kind of like if you got 
you know, a horde standing near an oil spill, bro, you can just go over there, swing a flame bat at the puddle and just start everything ablaze. It's like it's it's insane. And they got legendary weapons. All their stuff is tiered as far as the weapons go. I haven't unlocked any um, legendary weapons yet. Um, I'm hoping to. But there's, you know, and, and, and again, like it's one of those things that keeps you coming back to the game because in order to do a lot of uh, like in order to amass a lot of the really awesome things in the game, they make you work for it. You know, and it's there's been quests that I've done in the game where they're like, look, this is, you know, this person left a letter and the letter says, you know what? I was waiting for my girlfriend when this whole thing went off. Um, she told me she was going to be on the roof uh, of her sunglasses hut in Santa Monica. And so you go there, you find a dead body or something, you find another letter. Oh, I waited for my boyfriend. Um, I had a gift for him, but I decided to keep it at the first restaurant we ate at you know, in downtown LA, then you got to go to LA and you got to look for a restaurant and, you know, it's like, you got to do these little things, connect dots. And then, you know, if you take the time to actually do it all, you get like awesome rewards for it. You get a bunch of resources, a bunch of nice weapons. Just, it's really cool. I, it's a well done game. Um, I, I do like the fact that they didn't make your character a silent protagonist you know it's not just an every person you know like you, they give you an array of people to choose from with different statistics which is awesome to me like yes make it so that because we're not all the same make it so that when i choose this person it is for the benefit of what i see in this aspect you know maybe i don't value running as much as i value bashing brains in like you know, give me the trade off and, and I'll choose the best character for me. I was having a discussion with one of my friends the other day. He said, who did you choose? I said, I chose Carla. He was like, me too. <laughs> so, so it's like, you know, like if you just give people a choice instead of, you know, having to build attributes through a created character that doesn't even talk, it's like now. And I love the dialogue in the game. I love the dialogue. And Carla is so West Coast. I think she's probably the best character in the game. She's so Cali. She's so West Coast. And her voice actress did a really good job. Um, I'm looking forward to beating the game. I'm I think I'm really close. I think I'm I think they said I'm eighteen through twenty seven on the main story. But I've been ignoring that line of progress because all of my other lines of progress, like my side stories, my legendary weapons by this that, and the third like they're all like somewhat empty and i just i want to finish everything i want to finish everything and so and i and i cheated and i went to go look at the legendary weapons to see what they look like and man they look amazing amazing and i mean you know what's 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 cool to me is that i honestly have thought about this Dead Island 2 is like it's the best zombie game that's not called Resident Evil. Like, and you could put every other one. You could put Dying Light in there. You can put State of Decay in there. You could put anything in there. You could put Days Gone in there. It's just nothing close. I think I think all these other games have perfect execution in the respect of what they 
lean out to do. But I think Dead Island 2 just does a lot of things really, really good. And hopefully they do launch it on Steam to give it more access to more people. Because I know a lot of people that, you know, either don't have a Steam Deck or, uh, you know, they don't want to go to the Epic Games Store. They are just like, dude, I cannot wait until this comes out on um, Steam because I'm going to play it right away. Which is which is exactly how I felt about uh, Far Cry 6, which just recently dropped on Steam. Um, I was originally going to grab it on Stadia, but then that was around the time where, uh, you know, they had the the rumor mill going that Stadia was going to shut down. So I was like, oh, wouldn't be a good idea to run the game over here. <laughs> so um, I never played it or bought it. But now um, the game is on Steam and it's $15. So it's like, you know, it's a win-win. Um, so I'm kind of thinking about grabbing that one, but I think I'm going to wait until I finish me some Dead Island. Um, man, you know, it's so funny. I keep bringing up stuff and then I got it in my list of stuff to talk about. Street Fighter 6. It's almost here. Going to be dropping on, I believe, June 2nd or June the 3rd. Um, I'm super hyped. I'm hyped because I love me some Street Fighter. I'm also hyped because, um, even in its exclusivity, is it exclusive? Is it exclusive to playstation or did they is it going to be on xbox i can't even i know it's on steam i know that for sure and that and and i've i've ran i've run the demo on my steam deck and it was flawless and i was like yes and i'm not a i'm not a online game player so i'm not worried about that aspect of at all um so whatever they give me from the single player portion of the game i'm gonna be 110 percent in i really just want to take the time to just learn the care learn the new characters um you know go through the practice mode and master as many of the combo chains as i can um yeah i'm i'm excited for that that's what i'm looking forward to i'm also looking forward to them dropping more new characters maybe possibly have some characters return that we either have written off through the history of street fighter or you know just kind of people that fell to the wayside like i really do want them to revisit uh, a lot of their street fighter 3 characters like i need me some remy i need q to come back um i need necro to come back i need a lot of stuff but um i think a lot of those characters do deserve um you know more time on the main roster. I know they brought back Oral. Um, Sean would be really, really cool uh, to come back as a more experienced fighter. Um, yeah, I mean, we'll see. You know, they, they've announced their first wave of DLC characters, and obviously it includes Akuma, like always. Um, I, I really want, like I was saying about Mortal Kombat, I kind of want these fighting games to kind of lay off of the things that are just kind of like, well, no, duh, they're going to put that person in here. It's like, just take the risk, dude, take the risk of just not having an Akuma in this game and see what happens, you know, just see what happens. Um, the only drawback I see happening, if any, is that again, I think they're, I think they're eventually or inevitably, I should say, going to lean into I think they're going to lean really hard into their their uh, seasoned roster, and they always do. It's with every game they've come out with, you know, from uh, 
three, four, five. Like they start off ambitious with a lot of new characters, and then by the time they have their fully fleshed out uh, roster of characters, you got more, you know, um, established characters than you do people, you know, innovative characters. Where and and that's just what I just don't like. I just don't like the fact that because because my because. I, I really think of this in a very narrative stance. It's like I, I'm like I'm looking at the characters that are staples in the game today, and I ask myself, you know, like I know Ryu would show up to fight in any tournament every single time. If he's familiar with the tournament, he'll show up every single time. And usually, I'd say Ken would do the same exact thing. And if Ryu did it, then definitely Sagat's gonna do it. But there are certain people I'm just like, really, like. Dawson's going to keep fighting for all these tournaments for what? You know, why would Guile come back and keep fighting? Isn't he in the freaking services? He should be like a major a colonel or something like right now. And he's still fighting like for what? Now, I do like the fact that they, they make it seem like Chun-Li is going to be more. I don't want to say calm, but she doesn't look as fierce about her approach to combat. She looks a little calmer about it. She looks like she's re- she she almost looks like a female version of Ip Man, which I'd be excited to see that. Win Chun. I'd be really excited if if uh she implemented the style of Win Chun to to decimate her characters uh or uh, her opponents. Um but I'm really excited for like a lot of the newer characters, dude. I, I like again, like Zangief. I like I mean, but I, but see, that's what I was saying as far as like like these companies are just so locked into, you know, appeasing the fans. It's not about innovating and growing the, the, the brand, the culture of the brand. Um, I say all this in contradiction because with a game like Tekken, I never want them to stop bringing back the same characters. I want the same characters every time. I would prefer, I prefer Tekken to have the majority of characters that I've been I've been playing with since two and never leave. Like when they, when they miss out on, when Tekken misses out on characters, I get an attitude. I get really upset. Like I'm I'm sitting here still today. Like Tekken Tekken's been doing something really cool, um, which I don't know why Street Fighter doesn't do it. I mean they do it, but it just doesn't it doesn't feel as impactful. Like yes, I mean I'm excited for Street Fighter Six. But I will I will honestly say I am more hyped for Tekken 8. I am more hyped for Tekken 8. It's like not even close. It's not even close. It's not even close. I I am ready. And the reason I'm ready is because they make every one of their character reveals, they make it an event. They're not like, yeah, they're yeah, they'll do it at at, you know, their you know, Evos and stuff like that. But they've been doing a lot of it just by the strength of the internet. Like they just did Huarang uh, last night. That was like perfect. I was so elated. And and they've been doing that steadily throughout these past few months. I think the first one they did was Kazuya Mashima. And I, man, and he's, he's my guy. And it's so funny because like, I think a lot of fans of that game, which this is how it's going to go for Street Fighter. That's why they always bring back all of the major players. Because as like Tekken 8, a game that's not going to come out until 2024, you know, and they're doing these individual reveals of these characters, people are just waiting. They're just on the side. 
it's it's like it's like it's like standing in a group of people and being asked to step forward when you hear your name. So when I when I saw Kazuya Mashima, I stepped forward. Even if I stepped back when I heard Nina Williams, I stepped forward again. Step back into the line. I heard uh, who else do I play with? I think those are the only two that I really really enjoy. Um, up until I up, uh, I I I used to play as Huarang a little bit in three, but he like Eddie Gordo in two just felt super cheap so i just laid off of him i was like i don't want to i don't want to feel cheap when i'm playing people i really want to earn my victories i want to feel like i'm winning um with a purpose not just with the luck of you know his i I don't i don't want to call it randomness because some people will say that in those flurries you actually are doing combos i beg to differ you know like i literally remember back when i used to play three Again, back to the whole Brandy and Prima games uh, 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 guys. I used to sit up at night, and I would li- I would literally learn the different styles of of Lee Wu Long. Um, I would sit there and learn the combination of Nina Williams. Um, I actually learned the combos of Huarang. You know, I used to, and, and I would take them to the arcade, and people would be so surprised because they would never see it coming. Because they would just expect me, you know, to just mash, 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 mash. Like, they, like, like, because for the most part, let's just be real. Tekken is a very mashy game. It can be. It can be a very mashy game. Street Fighter, not so much. Street Fighter, well, actually, they're making it into a mashy game. Because what I, because what I've played in that demo, because they had a demo that came out. And um, it seemed like they're trying to make the execution of tighter smaller combos more accessible to people who just want to play but they don't really know what they're doing which i don't i don't think that that's i don't think that's very i don't know i I, like i don't know how to feel about it because i'm still you know at my age i'm still willing to invest in time if you give me a worthy character like like when five came out i went straight to uh, vega that's my guy i love vega but my only thing was my Vega couldn't stand up to anybody online. When I took Vega online, I was like, no, I'm I'm going to lose every single time. So I had to revert back to characters that I was more familiar with, like, you know, my Ryu. And, you know, I went and put up a little bit of opposition. But once once people get into their characters and they get into those points where they can exploit certain things that they know about the character's move set and execution. Oh, it's a wrap. You get into things that are just like beyond the development of the game. It's more like an evolution, you know. Um, but that's just another reason that I don't play online. I think it. Uh, the other drawback, dude, is the fact that they they're letting they're letting all of these top tier people get a hold of the game. So, th- and th- this is why I think it's bad. Well, yeah, yeah, this is why I think it's bad. I'm not even gonna sugarcoat it i think it's bad because it's like you're basically instantly determining what your top top tier is going to look like online because they're because when the game officially releases unless they're not already ranked up there at the top they're going to shoot to the top because you're going to have people that you claim this is you're going to say this game is for everybody that you can just push this one button and you'll do this combo they're they're going to get mopped by these people who have been playing this game for the last three or four months just so they can get the top rank in the game overall 
and your top rank is going to look exactly the same as it looked in five and four. It's never going to change because you're not because because Capcom's not giving it an even playing field. They're not giving it an even playing field. So that that bothers me because I, I look up all the time and, you know, I'm seeing a lot of these notable YouTubers that have, you know, I don't know if they got, uh, you know, actual copies or, you know, they're, they're clearly playing before the game is out. Right. And it's just like, dude, you're, you're, you're getting all the practice. You're getting all the practice. Like, you know, like the demo's fine because it's letting me know about the new mechanics and stuff. But this isn't this isn't like hell. If you're going to give me a demo, you know, where it's going to be beneficial, then how about this? How about you get how about you open your complete roster of characters? Give me as the demo holder a chance to lock into one. And, and, and you know, the systems that we have today, they're so advanced, bro. Listen. If I choose Ryu from the jump, you say that's it. Any other, every other time you play this demo, you you you're going with Ryu. You have to. You're locked. It's locked in until the game releases. You can't you can't experience anything else but Ryu, because you have to dedicate yourself to the cause of being the best version of that character that you possibly can. At that point, I don't have an argument for you because that's exactly what these games should implicate people to do is to learn and we can't learn anything through just this regular ass demo you know where you're just walking around fighting you know hot dog vendors which is fun i'm not gonna lie it was really fun knocking out hot dog vendors um but yeah you know like yeah i i know enough about street fighter where i could you know i could pass for you know an arcade completion but if if i if i don't get the same opportunity to practice you know the newer the newer uh mechanics and you know brush up on my character in you know in this new environment then what good is it doing me like you got all these other people playing they're going to be the top of the list but i guess the i guess the objective for anybody who really strives to be the best is to knock them off right (laughs) what that will not be me i'm just too old for that stuff um what are my hopes for this game um like i said i hope that i really do hope that they just bring more new characters like just bring in some new characters I, we don't really i don't really want any any um guest characters like i said i'm I'm willing to accept some characters that have kind of gone into hibernation mode like remy and q people from like third strike because you know we've seen oral we've seen alex um you know um we've seen hugo they can do it um i just you know i'd love to see them just kind of make a bigger effort to do that heck you know um it, it I, <laughs> I i'm wondering if i you know i wonder who because i don't i don't you know what i i'm willing to say that because i know i know what street fighter 5 it was just a shock to people because Street Fighter V was exactly what Six is now. Six is basically a community fighter. It's a community fighter, but I think it's it's a community fighter that has come at the right time. Street Fighter V was the exact same thing. It was a it was a community fighter. It had no story, no no basis of any kind of narrative. It was just characters and fights, and that was it. 
And people were mad about that because it was such a shock. It was just a shock to people's systems that they didn't have an arcade mode, or, you know, like the classic Street Fighter. Now people are ready. Now people are more in tune with being online all the time. Um, you know, and I, and I really believe that this, I don't think that this version is going to have a big bad. I don't think there's going to be a big bad in this game. I don't think there's going to be an arcade mode, so to speak, in this game. Like, I don't think we're going to experience anything where we're, where we're seeing endings. I could be wrong because I haven't seen the game. I don't really know what, you know, is or is not. But my feeling is that they're going to they're going to focus so hard on just connecting people to bring back uh, that arcade feeling that that's just going to be their primary focus. They're not going to focus on anything else. And it'll just be a game that, that just gets tuned up like every week. They're going to buff and debuff characters and, you know, shift their move sets and this, that, and the third. It's going to be a really – it's going to be a live service game. That's what it's going to be. It's going to be a live service game. People are going to go out and they're going to pay 60, 70 bucks for it. And it's going to be live to do everything. And, and that's and that's essentially what 5 was. Like 5, you had to pay in order to get like – I believe you had to pay to get access to like their little tournament modes and stuff like that. And, uh, you know, obviously you got like different costumes when you did their little pro tour stuff. It's, it's, it's different. And I think like, again, I think that people are going to be more inclined to play it this time around than when they introduced it in five with like no explanation. So we'll see what happens. It's coming out June 2nd, the third. I think that's like what, two, three weeks from now. So. I'm excited. Um, Darkest Dungeon 2 released recently. Um, I don't really hear many people talking about that game. Darkest Dungeon uh, is a kind of Victorian uh, dungeon crawler. Uh, I think it's kind of not cell shaded, but it has a very uh, dark kind of... It just has an artistic tone. It's not not realistic in any way um but it's and it's a rogue like so it's kind of like you you die pretty easily and you know you got to go and hire more people to take up the spaces of people that died and it's fun but i was looking um you know i heard it got announced or not, not announced but i heard it released and i didn't even know that they were making it and i was like oh man dang and um i went to go look at the screenshots and stuff and i said this looks exactly like the last one like I, I'm interested to see what they changed because if the changes aren't that major, then why couldn't have this, why couldn't this have just been an update, you know, on, on the currencies? Cause the art style, it is exactly the same, the exact same. They may have new venues or, or, you know, places to traverse. Um, but what I saw was very samey. So hopefully I could talk to somebody who can tell me otherwise, but I don't think I'll be picking it up just on the basis that looks like something I've already played. Um, Modern Warfare 2, or I'm sorry, Modern Warfare 3 uh, has been announced to be the next game in the series to be released. Um, that's kind of interesting because, you know, I, I think for years and years and years, we got used to the notion that, um, you know, there was going to be Modern Warfare 
and then a black ops. You know, we haven't had a black ops <clears throat> in quite some time. Um, and I and I don't know. Like, I think, okay, so here's the thing. I definitely think the reboot of Modern Warfare was a very, very good thing. But I think that they're approaching that same troubled area that was the reason that Modern Warfare was getting looked at crazy in the first place. It's like it's a little oversaturated. They're coming a little too soon. And they have to give these games time to like exist and and get tired. You know, like, you know, if you want to do seasons within your titles or whatever, go for it. But if you're releasing a new title every single year or every other year, that are directly connected to the last one, this is going to reach oversaturation so quick. Because people just hopped on. They, do you know how much money they put into the ad campaign for Modern Warfare 2 reboot? Like, they had everybody in those commercials. So, like, I'm, ho I'm actually hoping that this is just a rumor, and I hope somebody debunks it fast. Because if they really are truly thinking about going and putting out a Modern Warfare 3, I'm throwing my hands up. I mean, I've already thrown my hands up on the franchise. Um, you know, I haven't played a Modern Warfare game in forever. It's been a long time. And, yeah, I, I just can't even imagine them moving so quick to cash in on another Modern Warfare game. Especially with the fact that they've been emphasizing less on the campaigns i haven't seen the campaigns of the reboot i think that they're substantial but i think again what most people go for when go what most people go for when they pick up a modern warfare now is multiplayer which is why i was never opposed to them uh, i think there was the potential of them um splitting the cost of the multiplayer game versus the campaign yeah, if you want to give me a, you know, and, and you can price them at that premium. Hell, make your multiplayer offering for, you know, Modern Warfare 3, make it 60 bucks. Okay, if I'm really invested in playing that multiplayer, I'll pay it. And then if I just want to play through a campaign, 20, I'd say maximum 30 bucks, I'll pay for it. I'll pay for it. And then at that point, you can really just kind of understand what your, what your, um, What's important, you know, like, I mean, yeah, you know, the campaign is is cool, but is it really important? Because I'm thinking that they're reaching that same because I remember when I, I can't remember which game it was, but I know one of them didn't come with a campaign or, or came with a very small campaign and fans were just super outraged. And I think it's not so much that they were like, oh, we need a campaign. This is this is just ridiculous. No, I think it's just because it's system shock because you don't let people know what it is that they're ready for. And I think now people are so ready to just invest all their time, effort and, you know, you know, progression into multiplayer that if you put out another game and it just clearly doesn't have a campaign in it, they're not going to care as much as they cared back when they were arguing about it uh, with the first game. I can't, was it advanced warfare? I don't know. It's one of those, but again, those are games I haven't even played. I've never even played the advanced warfare or none of that. Um, last question on my list. 
as we're drawing to the close of this episode is how much longer does the Nintendo Switch have? I keep pondering this thought um, periodically. It only so recently came back into my mind with the release of uh, Tears of a Kingdom. And, you know, like I said, when I looked at the review where they were like, oh, you know, kind of gets a little sloggy sometimes when there's a lot of stuff on the screen. It's like, yeah, that's called not having technical resources in order to run said game. What is it that Nintendo is going to do so that they don't have those technical issues? And I just really don't think that that's something that's on their mind. I really don't. If you ask me, and of course you did, because that's why you're here listening to the greatest podcast. I think that Nintendo is not going to budge from the Switch until they just stop making money on it. Until until they until they turn in the fiscal year where they go down maybe 20 percent. I don't think they're going to even put it on the board that they need to have a new system. Do I think they're working on something? Yes, absolutely. They always have to be, you know, uh, in a position to be ready to innovate something. But I don't think that it's I, I like I don't think that they're in R&D right now testing out the the next console. I don't. I truly do not. I think they're I think they're definitely innovating things that will make their games more enjoyable and more accessible and more playable in the future. But I don't think that they've put it all together to say, oh, here's a Switch 2 or here's the, you know, uh, whatever they want to call their next one. And I, I and to be quite honest, so long as they don't have to update uh, the, the system that's out here now, they're just going to keep giving you different iterations of it. Because what's crazy is that people are still clamoring for, what do they call it, Switch Pro? Like, people are still bringing up that Loch Ness Monster. And it's like, dude, why wouldn't you just want a brand new system from them? You know, like, like that that would be, I don't know, like, that would be my argument. I think that's part of the reason why I'm not so invested in Nintendo myself. Because I literally invested in Nintendo for the sake of getting closer to their exclusives right and then i was like all right well their exclusives aren't doing it for me so what else am i holding on to the system for oh it's the nostalgia it's like i got all these nes games but then i was kind of mad because the virtual store was what i enjoyed because i didn't want to have dictated to me which classics i i had i wanted to just invest in the classics that were significantly important to me and now we're at this point where you know, I remember I think it was like Resident Evil 7 where they were like, oh, we're going to we're going to start doing cloud based gaming. And it's like, yeah, but it, it, it's it's really telling a different kind of story when you consider that, you know, a lot of people in this industry, especially with Nintendo devices, they want to go pick up cartridges. They want to have a physical medium with these things. And it just it just got to a point where it was just ridiculous. Like I I bought Control on Nintendo Switch. And I was like, yes, yeah, see, this isn't going to do it. This is not. No. No. Absolutely not. 
Absolutely not. I think I have like two or three cloud games on the Nintendo Switch. And it's just not going to work for me. It's not going to work. And I really think that they should. I mean, I, you know, as much as I as, as much as I would like them to make a new system, as much as I would like them to innovate and, and you know, shake up the world, they're not ready. Because because people are still going to go out and get these these switches because the funny part about it is that and and this is this is where this is where it's it's eerie because at this point you can't tell me that any one person who had a switch two years ago didn't get another one and then another one like people are rebuying these things in my in, in in the in the system's lifespan, I've had two. I've had two. But you got people that will that have bought the original, that will buy the light version, and if you if they're really feeling saucy, they'll go out and get uh wait, wait, because they, they even had a LED version, right? So there's three different iterations of that system and like i was saying if they really feeling saucy they'll go out and they'll get the get a special edition of the same system that's how that's what nintendo fans do that's what they do that's what nintendo fans do they'll go out and get every version of of a system if it means something in the realm of their interest got a zelda tears of the kingdom version of the switch i'm grabbing it Right. That's how they think. And that's fine. You know, like I'm not. And, and, and again, as long as as long as their fans continue to shell out the money for this system like that, it's not it's never going to be a problem. It's at an it's at an acceptable price point. Where here's the thing. More parents see parents aren't. As invested in choosing something that they don't understand for their child a lot of parents are doing it a lot of parents will do it for the sake of their kid telling them what will make them popular at school or what their friends got oh give me a ps5 because my friend got one okay but their parents don't understand what a ps5 is none of the parents understand what xbox is these are mostly for teens and older adults and that's where that investment comes in and it's a very you know um substantial investment to where you're only going to do it once nobody's going to go out and buy two or three versions of one of those systems because they're just outrageously priced but the nintendo switch is not and it's so reasonably priced that even if you have a kid who isn't the you know most gifted kid when it comes to you know dropping toys and breaking stuff and this that and the third you'll just go out and get another one You'll just go out and get another one. But mom, this one's brighter and you'll go out and get it. Why? Because it's only $100 more. You know, like it, it, it's just it, their systems are never going to stop selling even in the capacity that they are in today. And they're not going to make a pro version. 
They'll make they'll make they'll make a new system before they make a pro version of anything. Because they're not going to spend money. They're not. Cuz they don't they don't Nintendo doesn't know or understand or have a feeling or a reading on how many people want a pro version of their system. But I think at this point, they understand greatly that if they dropped a new system, it would be pretty freaking significant. I think that much. But also, I think the reason Nintendo doesn't rush out the gate and sends us new systems is because they are one of the scary people. You know, like to them, they don't like running risk. Which was which is crazy because that was all a part of their innovation, you know, that saved us from the crash of the video game industry back in 87. They took risk to make things work and the things that they risked in order to make work. Were executed so well that it just it rejuvenated everything. I was I was listening to a friend the other day ago and and like I was just like thinking like, man, yeah, dude, like. They like they got so many freaking franchises that they haven't even leaned back into that. I wish that they would like a punch out, dude. Can you imagine another punch out on a new Nintendo system? I don't know. But I know that if. If they decided that they were going to release it. Like, let's say they announce Monday that they'll have a switch Two out for summer 2024. Their first few games short of a bunch of, you know, partnership games will be re-releases of what they've put out in the past year on the switch. You're going to see a Metroid dread you're going to see Tears of the Kingdom. You're going to see the the latest Mario. You're going to see the latest. You're going to see, uh, you know, they'll, they'll, it's not going to be a new Smash game. It'll be the same Smash game, just, you know, higher res. You're going to basically see all of their staple games just brought over to that next system. Trust me. They're not going to turn around and make because because think about it like this. If you you thought if you think to yourself and say, well. You know, if they if they make another system, then Zelda has to be their flagship. Yeah, well, their flag, their their flag is already is already cast right, right now. And it's cast on the ass end, in my opinion, of their system. So unless again, unless they you know, re-release it under like some kind of HD or 4K moniker, they would be waiting like eight years before they do a new one. We, we're not going to see another Zelda for at least eight years. That's a guarantee. You won't see another Zelda for eight years. Probably not another Metroid for another three, four. They're still working on Prime. So it's like, you know, what what do you do? So I don't know. So what do you guys think? Um, we discussed so much today. Um, I, um, you know, I, 
I really think that um, what was the first thing we talked about? I think I think Legend of Zelda is going to be a big hit. I think a lot of people are going to be having a lot of fun with it um, for you know days to come. I think this is going to be a huge birthday gift in the summer for a lot of kids. Um, a lot of people are going to be getting this for graduation gifts and the like. So it's going to be really cool in that respect. And hell, it might still be as popular coming into Christmas. Um, you think they're going to ever fix Redfall? Um, I personally don't, but I also don't care. Um, what do you think about the uh, potential MK trailer teaser? Did you see it? Do you have an opinion about it? Uh, have you picked up Jedi Survivor? Have you beaten it? Uh, what do you feel about that game? Is, is Star Wars a franchise that you enjoy their games? Um, have you ever heard of Cassette Beast? Have you played it? Are you just more of the uh, player of the original Pokemon games? Uh, have you played Dead Island 2? Are you anticipating or excited for Street Fighter 6 or even Tekken 8 like me? Um, have you picked up Darkest Dungeon 2? Are you excited for Modern Warfare 3? Love to hear your thoughts. You guys can catch me online um, pretty much everywhere. So just look up more than a podcast um, or you could look up the coach. Um, and yeah, we can talk about it because I'd really like to have some discussions about these games and things that have been happening um, in the gaming industry. Um, but yeah, that's going to do it. Um, I am super hyped for today. I'm going to try to beat that stealth level on uh, on um, Resident Evil 4. And after that, I'm going to play some more Cassette, be cassette Beast. And uh, I think I'm thinking about picking up Age of Wonders, uh, which if I do pick it up, that'll be a game I talk about next week. So uh, with all that being said, you guys know the drill. Take care of yourselves and each other. And I will see you guys next time. Bye, guys. <laughs>